Welcome to another episode on Talk to Talk with Miss Anita Love to Hate to Hate here from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. God is good. He continues to bless me. My family's blessed. And while another day above ground is always a blessing. And I want to thank you guys for coming over and listening to me, allowing my voice to bless your soul or aggravate your soul. One of the two. But thank you. It is Telly Tuesday. And on Telly Tuesday, this is my only tell it. Um, first, let me tell you what Telly Tuesday means. Telly Tuesday means that you should tell whomever exactly how you feel, the way you want to tell it. I think you should be tactful and respectful in the way that you do it. If you're an adult, you do how you choose. I'm just saying. Um, I think you should be honest. Put it out there. Don't give anybody any thoughts to maybe or assume. They will know about however it is you're feeling, about whatever it is that you're feeling a certain way about. So on my Tell It Tuesday, I need for people to stop making every emotion you feel be someone else's problem. Nobody can control how I feel. No one can change how I feel. You know who can change how she, me, her feels? She, me, her. You know, not every day is a pleasant day. Not every day is just happy-go-lucky. I'm seeing butterflies and stars and all that amazing things. Not every day is like, hey, how you doing? There are days I struggle. There are days I drag. There are days where I don't feel my best. There are days where I'm like, why, God, why? Like, I'm living right. I'm trying to eat right. I'm trying to be right. And I'm just still falling short. There are days where I feel like that. But in those days, I never set out to be malicious to anybody to hurt anybody to attack anyone to take anything from anybody to destroy anyone that has never been my intention so if someone is feeling crappy shitty whatever and they express themselves to me you have a right to express however you feel that doesn't mean me receiving what you say isn't going to affect me that I'm not going to feel a certain way That it's just going to be, oh, okay, that's how you feel. Okay, cool. If you love people or people care about or you care about a person or you have some type of relationship with that person, sometimes when people share how they feel with you and and it's very sensitive or very harsh or whatever, sometimes it affects a person. It hurts a person feeling or it may make a person feel uneasy or it may question a person's perspective or it may have a person question like, where do we stand like where am I in your life or do I matter or you know am I not doing enough sometimes that happens prime example friend of mine's going through some things her friend was telling her about how he felt about what's going on within their relationship now mind you she's already going through some things she's trying to get her house in order she's trying to take care of her kids she you know just trying to put her life together trying to get her home um a functional home and she's already feeling like she's not doing enough for her children for her family and she's feeling like she's not you know as good of a girlfriend that you know she's supposed to be and so here he come and he comes and he start telling her about what he, you know, if you care about me, you'll do this and you'll pay attention to this and blah, 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 and this and that, whatever. Basically telling her she's not doing enough for him. And so she's already going, you know, hard on herself about how she feels. 
Now, no, it's not his fault that she's struggling with whatever emotions that she's struggling with. But if she's dealing with things and you are man and you know that she's dealing with things and you know she's trying to get herself together, why are you adding more stress to her? I think that you should be able to express yourself and tell your significant other, your girlfriend, your friend, whomever, whatever concerns you have, but not attack a person, not add on to it. You know what I'm saying? Because it is hard work to be a mother. It is hard work to stay positive. It is hard work to stay encouraged. And when things are not going and functioning the way you want it to function, sometimes you question yourself as a woman you question yourself as a mother you question yourself thinking like is there something more I should be doing why is it that my life is the way it is and not saying that you hate your life but sometimes you start questioning like what is wrong with me like what else can I do well anyway you know he came with the shits with her and he was telling her you know not saying his feelings is is minute or that it doesn't matter it was just the bad timing you know, bad timing. And so she was like, I just feel like I have to make sure, you know, however he's feeling that I'm not being selfish and that I'm not, you know, dismissing his feelings because, you know, I can't stand when people dismiss my feelings. I'm like, girl, tell me, you know, I hate it when people dismiss my feelings. I cannot stand it. But then as I was listening to her and she kept talking and she kept talking, I said, okay, well, if you're paying attention to his feelings, and you're giving his feelings all this attention. Who's giving your, your feelings attention? What are you doing about how you feel? What is going on with your emotions? How are you working through that? How are you deciphering through bad emotions or this is just something that I need to work on? Like, how, how are you getting from one step to the next step with your emotional stability? Like, how? Like, how are you staying mentally strong? Like, when all this stuff is weighing on you, how do you work through it? Like, tell me and she said well I just deal with that later I just have to you know I don't want to add to however he's feeling so I you know so I'm like so you don't deserve to feel what you feel and then she was like well I just don't want to add extra because if I'm adding extra to him and I'm still got all this going on she's like it's just too much you right it is too much but you can't be in a relationship just based off of what somebody else feel and just off of what they feel and just off of what they want you to pay attention to and just based off of what's not right for them and just based off of what they upset about or what they mad about or what they disappointed. What about you? This is a partnership. And when you're in a partnership, everybody feeling supposed to matter. And sometimes if you if the floor is open where you both can discuss and express each other's feelings without it being, well, you attacking me, well, you're saying this, it works so much better. The stress level is eased away. You can't have a relationship with someone where it's just based off of what somebody else feels. And if a person don't agree with how you feel, they ready to attack. Or they ready to have it. Well, you always do this. Well, you don't care. Well, you're not working on this. Well, you just, this relationship doesn't matter. Like, I'm so sick of people saying that a person don't care or a person's feelings don't matter if somebody else have feelings too. That doesn't mean that your feelings is any less than hers or hers is any less than yours or hers is more than yours. It just means that both parties have concerns that need to be addressed. And you can't just address your feelings when hers is not even being taken care of or attended to. So it has to be open floor for both parties to discuss and express, receive and accept, and go from there. And if this is how that, this relationship is going to be, the dynamic of it is going to be this way, y'all done. So I'm going to need men to get their shit together. And I'm going to need us women to get our shit together. You can love a person, you can care about a person, you can respect a man, and still be able to feel what you feel. 
still be able to have a shitty day. Now, I'm not saying take that frustration out on a person. I'm not saying get mad and blame him for whatever shit is going on. That is definitely not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you are entitled to that. You have a right to your feelings. You have a right to feel what you feel. That is not my like nothing is wrong with you feeling how you feel. What I'm saying is don't dismiss your own feelings to cater to somebody else's feelings. That don't give two shits that you're feeling the way you feel or that's dismissing your feelings because they're feeling what they feel. Everybody's involved here. Everybody have a right to express their feelings. Everybody should be able to express it and be respected. Nobody should feel like, well, I can't talk to you. I can't say how I feel. Well, why you met nobody in this? And when you're in a relationship and it's a partnership and both of y'all claim that's what y'all want, it should not be that way. Even in a friendship, even in a job, it should not be where if someone go to their supervisor, they should not be able to go to their supervisor without their supervisor wanting to fire them or without their supervisor having an attitude with them because they're bringing something to their attention. I mean, I understand it's 2018 and they have somebody like Trump as a president. I get it. They have somebody as Kavanaugh who have three sexual accusers, a sexual assault accused behind their name. So I'm not saying that that's like the weirdest thing ever. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying we have to respect each other and we have to allow each other to feel and express how we feel without tearing one another down or dismissing each other. I think if we get back to the real root of love, the real root of understanding, peace, the way, the real way to talk through confrontation or misunderstanding, I think it will help us get rid of a lot of this senseless crime that is going on across this country, across Baton Rouge. You have a 20-year-old just threw his life away from murdering another 20-year-old. For what? And and if you article in the newspaper today, this 20-year-old kid from West Feliciana had no criminal history. Wasn't wasn't a criminal, wasn't a bad child, wasn't an outlaw, didn't have no running with the police. The only person, only thing this child ever had on his name was a sermon. But when the flood in 2016, he was caught out after curfew because they had a certain time that people couldn't be out and they gave him a sermon and that was it. That's the only thing that he had on his on his name. And everybody that talked to the W.A. had nothing but good things to say about this child. And you just went and threw your life away. And this this child had a child, had just had a baby. Well, his baby mama had just had his baby. So you done went and threw your life away. You leaving your child behind. You done left another woman to be a, 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 a single mother to another child. For what? Because people don't want to take an ass whooping? Because people want to bring a fight, a, a gun to a fist fight? Because people don't want to respect how one another fit? Like, come on now. We got to figure out a way to talk, express, release, and get through it. So that's my tell it Tuesday. Get your shit together and let's get rid of the shits. Allow each other to respect how we want another feel, express how one another feel and figure out a way to work through it, through the confrontation without escalating it into something stupid. You guys don't go anywhere. Well. I'll be back in a moment. Anita loved hate to hate. 
Do you think when it comes to sexual assault that some women have placed themselves in situations that causes them to be an easy target? Um, I have a yes and no question to that. I think that some women trust people too easily and they allow themselves to be in environments that may not be the safest for females when it's predominantly males. And when you put alcohol in uh, that environment, it makes it 10 times more unsafe. Um, And then no, because I think that no matter what a woman wears, what a woman body language speaks to other people, or how aggressive or outspoken a woman is about her sexuality, that does not give a man the right to rape her, to touch her in any disrespectful manner, in any capacity without her consent. And at any point, y'all could be kissing. Y'all could be almost to third base. And if that woman say stop or no, stop. And I don't care what anybody say. If a woman never fixed her mouth to say no because she can't fix her mouth to say no to a person, that male or female in that situation knows that that woman does not want to do anything sexual with them. So that's my answer to that. Um, Next question is from Samantha. Anita loved to hate to hate. Do you feel that Lil Wayne is overrated when it comes to hip hop? Uh, and this is from Tretch. Uh, BR Tretch. Uh, BR Tretch, no I don't. I think Lil Wayne is a, is a amazing artist. I think his word choice and the way in which he formatted when he does certain things is just amazing. Um, if you look at all his mixtapes that he's played before he was able to put his last album out, his mixtapes are amazing. I love them. His album, I love it. It's been conversation back and forth with people. It's like, oh, I don't think he's the best rapper alive, blah, 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 this and that, whatever. Um, no, I don't think he's the best rapper alive, but I think he's one of the best rappers alive. I think there are some amazing rappers that's, going, that's out. But... Um, Everybody has their own perception because everybody likes certain type of style of rap. And just because people may feel like Drake is better than Lil Wayne doesn't mean that Lil Wayne isn't amazing to the people that he is amazing to. Um, But I don't think he's overrated. If anything, I think people have kind of forgotten, rather, how amazing and skillful he is. I mean... It's just, this last album that he did was very versatile. And he said himself that he put his heart and soul into this album. And if you're listening to the album, he did. He has his daughter, he has his mom on there, his friends. He have uh, ex Danny, whatever you call the guy that, that was recently murdered. His, he's on there. Um, it's just a very different variety of different style of music and things of that nature. And then the stuff that he talked about on there is just amazing. Um, I, but I don't. I don't think he's over. I don't think he's overrated. That's my opinion. And I'm sticking sticking to it. All right. Anita, love to hate to hate. This is from Melanie. 
On your last episode, you said Kanye have pretty much sealed the deal with you ever coming back to supporting him. Do you think that you would support Kanye West if he was all out in the front of hate towards Trump instead of making black and brown people look stupid? I don't want Kanye to hate anybody. And what people don't understand is a lot of black people and most black people that stands against Trump, they don't stand against Trump as a human being. They stand against Trump for his tactics, for his racism, for his bigotry, for his hatred, his violence, the excuses that he make. Those are the things that they stand against Trump for, not being equal and not wanting to care more about everybody instead of the rich and the Republicans. That's what black and brown people have a problem with. I don't want Trump or anybody that speaks up against Trump to hate him. That means you're putting a lot of energy and effort into feeling that type of way towards a person. You know, to love a person is a natural emotion. You're born with that. You know, every once in a while you may have a bad seed of, a, of somebody that's born with some bad blood in them. But they're not technically born with bad blood. It's just they don't know their soul is twisted. And when you come out and you're... you're leered more towards negative than positive sometimes that bad side of your blood tends to take over and that's just my opinion of things um but i i don't hate trump i hate trump tactics i hate that he spent so much time arguing and having a, a point of view a view with these nfl players and not listening to the actuality of what it is Kaepernick and other players were protesting about and instead of respecting what they're protesting about and come, trying to come to a medium, you want to take it and have owners and players at odds with each other and the fans at odds with each other and making it as if it's about the veterans and it's a national anthem and it's a flag when there's nothing, nowhere near the truth. And people that chooses to be ignorant and follow that pattern of stupidity that irks my nerve. Before it's hating someone, no one wants Trump, wants to give Trump that much power and control. That means I'm giving you my joy. If I hate you, I'm giving you my joy. You're not worth that to me. I'm sorry. Um, I just I just didn't. You have a right to support who you want to support. But I think this what Trump, what Kanye is doing, that's a whole different type of support that I don't stand for. I won't condone. I won't support. And that's just me. You can go there and you can support him and everybody else that wants to support him can support him. But that's just not for me. And if it doesn't feel right in my spirit, I'm definitely not going to support it. That's just me. I believe that we're supposed to look out for each other and we're supposed to love each other. But when I feel that you're tearing us down and you're, you are part of a problem or you can always be part of a problem, I won't support that. I won't stand for it. I do believe that change can happen. I do believe that if we push more forward with love and things of that nature, I do believe that uh, we could get better and things of that nature. I believe that. I feel that. It, but uh, it, it's, it requires us to take accountability for our actions and call other people out on their shit. And that's just my point, my opinion. But hate, nah, never that. I need a love to hate to hate. When you first recorded back, I'm not exactly sure, but in the beginning of some of your podcasts, you said that you loved Empire. You was watching Empire. Uh, what are some of your proudest recap moments of Empire? Um, I don't know. I think 
when Lucius made this like surprising um, announcement about his family's predicament, I thought that that was kind of weird. Um, for me, I think it's just clear that this season of Empire is going to be like a tease kind of thing for us about the mysteries, persons in the casket uh, until the very, very end, I think. And we just have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? We, you know, when, when they did the last episode with Lucius at the funeral, staring at the casket, then Becky joins him, grabs his hand and says, you couldn't have known, you couldn't have known about what? Like, didn't Cookie have a heart attack last season? Like, lordy, like, come on, people. Um, anyway, if you flash back six or seven months before that again, Cookie and Lucius have been working well with Treasure, and they have what they know will probably be like a hit song or something. However, they started from scratch, and then they discovered that radio stations are regarding them as has been and therefore playing the hardball. Basically, the stations were Lucius to put his business on blast doing interviews with their personalities, particularly addressing the rumors about cookies and Lucius being broke. And Lucius doesn't want to go there at first, but starts to realize that he may have to, you know, have to, you know, because things are different now. It's a lot different now. And then Giselle thinks, she gonna see this new CEO of Empire but gets a rude awakening when Patel announces that uh, it's actually gonna be Jeff Kingsley and that's the man that we saw Giselle sleeping with last week well if you've been watching it then he's thrilled but she's tight you know sitting there looking like I don't know just looking like a fool looking like mm-hmm, I don't know obviously Giselle was pissed and we all know she'll be plotting because that's what she does. Um, Dre is still in the in the bench, having a hard time keeping out of trouble. Just before he's about to be released, though, people, including some of the guards, are looking out for him. But there's a bully inmate that Dre is itching to put the paws on. So we all know this will come back up eventually. I think it'll be some type of fight between him and that inmate. And then Lucius finds his way to another radio station, offers to give him an exclusive interview about the meaning behind his classic song, A Child is Born, something that Lucius has never talked about. So, of course, you know, these thirsty-ass reporters, they're going to jump at the scoop. The deal gets done, and once they get their interview, they play Treasure Song in Icy Hip. But don't get too excited because Giselle ends up stealing Treasure away from them. Yep, 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 yep. Treasure is this loyal trash and decides to sign with Empire because they have the better deal. Plus, she's not about that recording in the living room life anyway. Lucius and Cookie threatened to sue Treasure because they did sign a contract. But then Giselle points out that they don't have the money to battle Empire in court. And they're still trying to keep their money woes on the low low because they don't want everybody to know. Then next you got Kinsley that made up with Lucius and Cookie and apologized for the Treasure situation because Giselle acted on her own with that one you know he said he respects them he thinks Eddie Barker messed up when he um cut them off he wants to take Empire back to his root but he needs them on board so he yeah he offers them some chairman and chairwoman positions basically they'll get money to show up to events here and there and add cosigns to music it's shallow but at least there will be money involved in the situation you know that and then Lucius and Cookie have no reason to trust uh him so they're still skeptical but they'll they'll think about it and I'm sure hopefully they at least figure out how to get stacked back in their company or shall I say stock whichever one it doesn't matter to me um but what ends up happening is a drunken hiking 
he ended up having a, a public meltdown in the Empire lobby. And then he ended up at his parents' house. Downtrodden because he can't rap due to his injured lung. And then Cookie and Lucius canceling him, but they're worried. And this prompt Cookie to convince Lucius to take the king to them. Hakeem and Jamil, they don't like the idea because, you know, but, you know, they support their parents anyway. Now, we're going to fast forward to their welcome home party in the Empire Records uh, lobby, right? This is where Kinsley finally takes his mask off. Now, there's a moment when he makes a small talk with Lucius, who is visibly not thrilled that any of this is happening, and he still doesn't trust Kinsley. So who would, to be honest? He also not feeling Kinsley's condescending way of seeming like he's doing some sort of charity. Kinsley is aware of this and gets pissed that Lucius is being grateful, uh, isn't being so grateful. So he tells Lucius that he and Cookie better step and fetch it on the microphone when they make the announcement about the deal. And they need to do it with like big smiles on their faces and shit like that. And if they don't, then he'll take the offer off the turn uh, um, off on his turn, and then he's gonna tell the world that they fucking broke. Now let's cut to Kinsley, right? Making a show of bringing Lucius on stage. Lucius get on the damn stage. He invite Cookie and his son up on the stage, right? Then he take control of his narrative. He reveals that the rumors about them being broke are true. And he rips the new empire to shreds. He goes all the way left when he says that empire isn't the place for the lines anymore because the new owner and CEO are really just techniques who are about to about the dollar, not the artist. And know nothing about the music. Then he caps his speech by inviting all the real ones to join them with their brand new management and production company who they gonna put artists first. Kinsley is pissed. No, really. Kinsley is really pissed. Then Kinsley tells Lucius that he's making a huge mistake, but there's a little undertone in his words. He's standing there looking like I don't know. I can't really explain. Like, like he bought the like he the devil with smoke coming out his nose and ears and shit. Like that's what he like. And then they end the episode at the funeral. And then Thirsty comes in and asks who Lucius want to ride with in the limo. And he say he rides alone. And then the FBI comes in because they want to talk to Lucius. Oh yeah, we're gonna we just going to have to ride this mysterious death the entire way through. So. I'm still trying to figure out who the fuck is in the casket. Because I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, All right, you guys. I'm sorry I got cut off. Phone rung. I'm sitting outside. My dog is barking. And by the way, it feels amazing out here. It really does. The sun is shining a little bit, but it's amazing and I thought I wouldn't be able to come back outside because I went walking and they started cutting grass and everybody that knows me I have very sensitive skin so once the grass started flying up I had to haul tail because it was just freshly done so I had to leave but anyway my question uh that I left that was given to me before I was cut off it asked can you tell a person intelligence by their speech pattern usually yes because most people that are intelligent, they use broader vocabulary. They don't contradict themselves. They don't second guess themselves in conversation. Um, they usually 
are very uh, thorough with certain word charts, and their their word charts are very specific. So, um, usually, yes, they are. Okay. Love to hate to hate. What are some not so obvious signs that a relationship is in deep trouble? Um, from Frank. Uh, specifically, significantly to me, non-negotiated power imbalance is when a person consistently controls the other person. To me, I think that's a warning sign that something is not right. Something is seriously wrong. I mean, it may take, um, like, the form of direct control. Like, you may, like, telling an other person what to wear or where to go or what to eat. Things of that nature. Though, or indirect influences is generally calling, calling a shots in relationship. Like, putting up a fuss if they don't get their way or making it very emotionally expensive to say no. Uh, verbal, emotional, or physical violence, that sounds obvious to me, but a lot of folks still excuse, minimize, or, or try to rationalize it in their head. Like, they would say, oh, she only yells when she's angry. The rest of the time, she's fine. Or, he only hit me once. He swears he would never do it again. You know what I'm saying? So, stuff like that. Or breaking your things or, you know, stuff like that. Emotional blackmail. Usually black uh, emotional manipulation by guilt or shame to get your way. Threatens or self-harm are the most extreme example of emotional blackmail. Then you have contempt. This is this is huge for me because treating a partner with contempt in a romantic relationship is like seeing iron in a star's stellar signature. Like stick a fork in it. It's over with, you guys. It is done. Absolute statement, you always or you never. Uh, like, social isolation is if you're telling a person who they can come around, who they can talk to. You know, they're not allowed to have male friends. He's not allowed to have female friends. Now, I don't want you talking to other dudes. I don't want you talking to other girls. Like, don't speak to your exes. Like, this is the first clearest sign of an abusive relationship, in my opinion. And, again, you guys, these are just my opinions. Irrational jealousy or anger. Always believing that your significant other is going to leave you. Constantly believing a partner is, is cheating on you. Or constantly believing that a partner is looking to get with somebody else. Like replace you. You know, especially when you have no evidence or no reason that that is true. Uh, mistrust, pervasive mistrust. is When you're going through a person's phone, their emails or personal things. Demanding an account of where they are or what they're doing. Like tracking their movements. A healthy relationship cannot exist without trust. It's not going to work. Uh, externalizing blame or just for internal emotional states, like somebody might say, I feel hurt, jealousy, or uncomfortable. Therefore, that proves you did something wrong. It's, it's possible, sure, but just because you feel bad doesn't mean that someone else is doing something wrong to someone. You know, threatening the relationship, persistent repeated threats to leave if they don't get their way yeah insults you're selfish you're stupid you're ugly you know poor communication the best single merit of a healthy relationship is arguably the quality of the communication in it passive communication in particular passive aggressive communication are big trouble signs um telling you what you think 
or how you feel. Um, good partners listen to how you feel rather than telling you how you should feel. Just so we're clear. If they disregard your boundaries, boundaries are not rules. Let's just say that. They are restrictions that you place on access to you or your body, your things, or your space. A person who touches you in ways you don't like to be touched uses your things without your permission or they demand sexual access to you that you don't agree to is violating your boundaries. Belittering, insulting, chastising uh, you in front of a person, that is a form of emotional abuse. Significant invoice expectations, especially when combined with anger, if they aren't met. What's worse than a partner who's angry with you? A partner who's angry with you when you have no idea why the hell they are angry with you. Get out. Fast. All right, next question. I think this is someone wanting a second opinion for this question. There's always someone that I am crushing on in my life. Is that bad to never go through a period where there isn't someone in have in your heart? Does this get in the way of me meeting the right person? Oh, wow. Mm, I don't know. I mean, that happens. You can't. To me, I just feel like you can't predict your attraction or you liking a person or you're not liking a person. I don't think that it interferes with you meeting the right person because I think eventually if when you're ready and you have allowed yourself to get over whatever bad issues you've had, you've moved on, you've healed, and you're ready to receive a person in all their goodness and in all their badness without carrying old baggage over, I think you will. I think it has nothing to do with just because you crush on somebody. Crushing is not the same as dating or being with someone, so I don't know. All right. Next question. And this is going to be my last question because the neighbor's children are out and they're extremely loud right now. I don't know why because there's only one person out there. Um, how can I let go of the past? I need a love to hate to hate. I'm trying, but it is extremely hard. Um, probably the question, you know, that I have asked myself often Whenever I have gone through a not so good situation, you know, I, I happen to play that situation in my mind literally over and over and over. And eventually I got to this question of, you know, introspection. Ironically, I get the same answer each and every time when it happens to change my mindset and allow me to be able to work things out for myself. I have a, a thing with people. Nobody stays long if there exists a process called a nominee, a proximity, or a nominee cycle. I will probably say that I've witnessed this process more than some psychological process for that matter. And that's why I don't have a lot of friends. That's why I don't trust people easy. And that's why my circle is very small. Um, every time I met new people, they start becoming close. They spent some real good quality time with me and one incident happened to take it all away and it's never any whoop. Once you cross me for no reason, I'm done. I'm gone. As I said, when such incidents happen, I play them close in, in my head over and over and over. Um, to my bad, no matter how many times I play them, it always becomes clear to me that I've lost people for no fault of my, my own majority of the time. It's always a difference of perceptions that leads the way for the loss. Neither me nor them 
or the carpet. It's the situation, which is, as I cannot undo the loss, it always boils down to one single question. How can I let go? The intensity and the depth of this question, whenever I've had to answer this myself, does remain the same every time. The mindset that I would be in at the time of answering it always remains the same, which isn't a surprise because the situation associated with that question is always similar except for the time, place, and the people other than me who are involved in this situation. So when everything linked to the question are same every time, I'm bound to get the same answer. And that important answer lies in the lines of one of my favorite songs, which goes, my shadow's the only one that walks beside me. My shallow heart's the only thing that's beating. Sometimes I wish someone out there would find me to me and I walk alone. You get it anyway. If you tailor my, that made solution for the deep, intense question that I often have, I often end up asking myself after every situation. I can let things go only when I accept that. And I can only wish for someone out there to find me as a friend as a counselor or whomever it's up to them rather not to stay every time they leave i can only make a new wish for for new someone till i find that someone some people i'll have to accept the reality and walk alone in that boulevard of broken dreams um so the only technique to stop thinking about the past is acceptance and keep wishing for finding some people or something which or who would accompany you i've been very lucky to have found from good people whenever I come to um, a junction to where I've had no option than choosing the path of seclusion um, I'm not sure if someone already have given you guidance to that or anything like that I just know for me um, it's different so bottom line I'm going to tell you just focus on you think about the things that make you feel happy things that make you feel healthy and secure and do those things try to force your brain to stay in the moment and not dwell on the past give up the idea that if you had just done x y and z differently then things probably would have worked out better that really serves no purpose other than giving you false sense of control and then try to surround yourself with people who really care about you and if you don't have that then work on building it by increasing your social activities not dating but build friendship like join a league a bowling league or a reading league or something like that and as your life becomes your own again the letting go just sort of happens also try not to fight the feelings that pop up the ones that feel like a relapse into that despair try not to dwell on them either just let them pass through you and just keep going and last just give yourself time to grieve and take good care of your physical body and try eating good, you know, sleeping enough and exercise, even if it's just walk. And I, I hope it I hope it helps. Um, I've been there. So good luck. And thank you guys for tuning in to Anita Love to Hate to Hate on the Talk to Talk. It's been real, it's been amazing. I appreciate you. I thank you to all my supporters, all my listening, to Mia. Marguerite Ferguson, Shaniqua, uh, Team Real, Black Love, Mr. E, Tommy with Gulf Coast Security LLC, E Turk, 
Carly Cab, Party City. Thank you guys. I appreciate you. Anonymous one, anonymous two. Gucci Mane. Thank you, hon. Appreciate you. Love you. Um Yeah. And if I missed anyone, it's not on purpose. I'm actually sitting outside and I don't have my list with me. Um, you guys, continue to support. Continue to share my podcast. Continue to hit that listener support. And continue to send it to other people. Maybe I can bless them and maybe they get aggravated with me and keep, you know, sharing it. And then somebody will be like, oh, I like her. She's interesting. She's different. And then go over to the She Said, He Said podcast with me and Mr. Ian. Listen to our podcast because we talk about a variety of different things. We talk about life, marriage, relationship, hot topics around the world, um, different things of that nature. So until next time, you guys, stay true to yourself. Do not let anyone's thoughts and opinions dictate who and what you think of yourself. Continue to push positivity despite negative. And like the former first lady, when they go low, we go high constantly. Let your family and friends know that you love them today because tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And respect each other's feelings, boundaries. Just allow each other to feel what you feel without taking away from them or without having a war with who's right and who's not right. Because if you're in a relationship and you're looking at it as a partnership, you both matter. Your both feelings are important. So you have to work on that. Um, and just know that not every day somebody's going to be feeling their best, but you have to respect them and allow them to feel what they feel, but not attack each other, not tear each other down in regards to that is what I'm saying, you guys. And allow God to be God until next time, you guys. Peace.